Alright, well, welcome to this episode of Tech Stack Edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. It's a special one as we are previewing the Gainesville Regional with Tech Stack, recapping a bit of the Big 12 tournament, and talk about my recommended 27-man roster and how I would do our pitching staff for this one. And with me is, if you listened before the Valley Invitational, you heard him before, hopefully this one goes better for Tech than that tournament did. His name's Caleb Lovitz. Caleb, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Jackson. Really excited to talk about some uh, college baseball and really excited for the College World Series coming up in a couple weeks. All right, so first things first, just recapping the Big 12 tournament. Caleb, you we, we weren't in the same place for the beginning of that game against OU. We ended up watching the end together, and it was a fun ending. What was your thoughts on that first uh, inning we had? So, you know, I, uh, I grew up playing catcher my whole life. I was a pitcher and a catcher. And to see a guy struggle at the level of uh, your boy in the first inning with the pass balls and just missing balls, honestly, like just trying to block fastballs. There were balls in his glove that he could not get straight down the middle. No, I haven't seen a performance like that in a long time. I think he actually ended up going or having a pretty good day behind the uh, – So if I can come in here. So this guy is a all-state catcher. He is a true freshman. Dylan Maxey, I think I messed up and called him Austin a couple times. It's Dylan Maxey. I'm a big fan of his, and I will say, to his credit, I, I don't know what the heck that was in the first inning. That was Im- – I I don't know how to put it into words. He had a brain fart. That's what we call it. It it was wildly bad, and the kid came back, batted three for five on the day, scored a couple runs, had two RBIs. He had a really good day. Um, he played very well as catcher the last eight innings. I do not know what the heck he was doing there. And then we still have four high-level at-bats with two outs in the bottom of the ninth to win that game. It was a miracle, and that pretty much clinched us at NCAA tournament berth. Moving on to Saturday, it did not go well, and you knew it was over when we lost that first game to Oklahoma State. Well, I will say, when you were 5-0 in the uh, seventh inning in that game, I was... I thought you had a shot. I didn't think you'd give up five in the bottom half of that inning, but, uh, you know, Oklahoma So, yeah, no, um, what I mean by that, the Big 12 tournament is over. We could still beat Oklahoma State. Nobody was beating TCU, especially on their fourth game. We would have had been on our fourth pitcher. TCU was something special that week. Zane Petty got the start two and two-thirds, gave up five earned runs. Now, I'm still a big fan of Zane Petty. Um, He is a true freshman. He is really good the first time through the lineup, and he hasn't developed enough yet the next few times. Then we threw Lysak. Jace Lopez got some uh, action. Zach Erdman, who, by the way, uh, I'm going to go through my 27-man preview. There was a picture of him getting on the plane to Gainesville, so he may be a guy that I left off but got on, but he pitched four innings scoreless that last game. We looked pretty good early. Uh, What happened was their pitcher was just dealing. This guy was only throwing fastball. We couldn't catch up to it. We finally got him out of the game. We scored five in the fifth. They answered back with five of their own in the eighth. But Kyle Robinson, this was the key point. Kyle Robinson pitched well for us. That's why this game is a positive because you now have another starter after losing Trenton Parrish, after everything that has happened with your starters. And we're going to get a lot more into it because there's some surprising stuff with it. But Kyle Robinson has proven to be a starter option in a regional. 
No, you definitely have. Um, the one thing I will say is that I think that Oklahoma State nationally was right around an 18 to 20 seed, and you're going up against a top 10 Whoa. seed coming right out of the bracket. So I think we should really look into this Texas Tech-UConn matchup. Because okay. as a Big East fan, I think this is really interesting. It could go either way, in my opinion. Any insights on your end? So we're going to get there. Uh, if you are not, if you don't remember from the Maui preview, Caleb is a Creighton fan. He went to Creighton, so he likes the Big East. Uh, he is high on UConn. I think they're frauds. We're going to get into that. But Kyle Robinson as a star is what I took away. We took, put in Ryan Free. Coombs came in, gave up one pitch. There was an error on it. Really not his fault. Brandon Beckel comes in, craps the bat, and Brandon Beckel... I'm not worried about him. He gave up a ru- earned run, I believe, um, in the eighth. He couldn't get out of a tough situation, but he was put in a crappy spot. He normally comes in, in the beginning of the eighth inning. We were trying to save him. And then he just gave up a bomb in the ninth. Uh, it happens. Somebody got on him on one pitch. It happens. We're done with the tournament. Oklahoma State, law of credit to them. They won four games in about 52 hours. To get through this, they have pitching depth to be able to do that. The pitcher that they pitched in their fifth game against us looked really good. We just had to run up his pitch count to get him out. And then they could not keep up with TCU, who is red hot right now. We would have lost to TCU on Sunday if we won that game. If we won the morning game, maybe we could beat TCU. If we had Robinson, Beckel, Free, Fast, all in the pin, we could have maybe won that game. Not Free. I'm sorry. Not Free. Or, yes, Free. Not Fast. Sorry, I get those two confused a bit. But we could have maybe won that game, but once we lost that game, Sunday mor- Saturday morning, you kind of knew, yeah, we're not going to have the pitching to keep up with TCU. But we did the job, got to the tournament, was a stress-free Monday, and now we look ahead to the regionals. All right, so looking ahead to the regional, one interesting thing about this is you normally have a 39, 40-man roster this season. I believe it's 40. You only have 27 for a regional. So I went through earlier today and I have been given new information from pictures I've seen. I'm just going to read off what I predicted earlier today before I pick those. So Caleb, first off, I have four starting pitchers. Do you think that's fair for a regional? Definitely. You want to go five? You want to go three? Depending on who you got, I know a lot of guys, honestly, a lot of the, the starting positions don't matter. I feel like there's a lot of converts and well converts in uh, college, and there's also a lot of people who can do a lot of different things, which I think you're also going to find out through your uh, research. All right, um, so my starters are Mason Molina, Petty, Robinson, Rogers, just in the bullpen, and I'm going to talk about how I do the starting rotation. See what you think of it. I'd go Ryan Free. I had Bo Blessy, Ethan Coombs, Josh Sanders, Brandon Gerton, Brandon Beckel. Uh, Derek Bridges, Lysak, Lopez, and Fast. So, interesting, I was kind of worried about Blessy and Beckel, or not Beckel, Blessy and Bridges because of the injuries. I thought you may want to use Lane. But uh, for the field, I have Dylan Carter, Gay Charlson, Hester, Vuletic. Infield, I have Lopez, Bazell, Cash, Green, Coleman. I chose Burns over Woodcox. And then catchers, I have White and Maxi. So, one thing I want to bring up here. I only said that I wanted us to take 10 batters. Or, sorry, 12 batters. Do you think that's too few? And I take do. 15 pitchers. I do, honestly, just because I feel like you always need to have at least three catchers. you got to have guys that can switch. 
as well as well, an emergency. You need to also have guys who can pitch hit, pinch run well, in an instant if a, if a run's needed. Um, I'm honestly more into that side of things compared as the pitchers or the people who like to go into the pitching duels. Um, I honestly think, especially with a team like Texas Tech, which you're known for your high-octane offense and your ability to hit the ball and run fast and have great runners, I think you double down on your strengths and not your weaknesses. Jackson, thoughts? Well, so I will say on that, um, Curtis on the pinch runner is probably our best pitch pinch runner or the guy you most want to see out there. He could have been the fifth outfielder. He's already at summer ball. Uh, Washburn is injured, so that's why I have him out. And also, in addition to that, you have Tabor Fast, who can also be a field player if you need him. So I elected. I don't need Damian Bravo being a two-way player if I have Fast. I can already do that. Now, I will say where I know I am wrong. The guys I have cut is Curtis McGrath, Washburn, Rome, Foster, Livingston, Erdman, Crowley, Paris, Bravo, Woodcock, Staff, Divine. Divine, I do not believe, will be at the regional. Trenton Parrish is injured, obviously, so is Washburn. Erdman will be in Gainesville. I, he was in the picture boarding the plane. There are a couple shocks, couple guys, and I should I, should I say their names? I wouldn't. Yeah, it's, it's a family you know, podcast. Well, well it's, it's not a family thing, but I don't know if it's confirmed or... If it's out there, but I know there are a couple guys you may have expected to be in your weekend rotation early in the year, not Sanders, but will not be in Gainesville this weekend. And I believe Lysick or Lysick, he may be the guy I got wrong out of pitching, possibly. So really, he quick, may be there actually. So really quick, Jackson, are these any guys that got left off that you would have had on for a very strong reason? Well, we don't have the official 27-man, and I was in between Burns and Woodcox um, any, anyways, and I know Woodcox will be there, so I think Burns is out. We may have taken one less picture and still brought Burns, though. Okay. But anyways, so I want to talk about our pitching. You are a big UConn supporter. You think they are – you're basically a UConn fan during baseball season. I know you've watched a lot of Tech games. you You've rooted for Tech. You, you sent me plenty of stuff on them. We were together watching the walk-off against Oklahoma. So yeah, yeah. Not lightly. We were together. No, yeah. no, this is not a Tech hater. He does – I think he has some bias towards UConn because the Big East. A lot of love for Mahomes, Kansas City guy as well. Yeah, okay, that's true. Also, Tech's Tech baseball player with an infinity ERA. But I'm not pitching my best pitcher in game one. No, that is a cardinal sin. If anyone no, who has ever coached baseball knows this, you always you play to win the first game. You can't get to two unless you win one. I know a lot of people like to pitch off, and that's what they call well, it. You, you pitch off. You can get off. to one over Florida A and M. They they are a bad baseball team. Okay, they're not too late. They're not someone who's got 19 wins on the season and 40 losses. So anyone who gets to this point, you gotta honestly, you gotta see them as a threat. And that's why I think you win. You win the first one. You win the first, you deal with the second once you get there. So, I'm coming to win the regional. Do you know how important it is to start 2-0? Can I ask you one uh, follow-up question? Yes. If you want to win the Big 12 tournament, how important is it for you to win your first two games? Insanely important. That's why I'm not pitching my best pitcher in game one. Because I need him in game two. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing if I'm Tim Tadlock. Now, now credit. 
If it's some idiot with a microphone like me instead of some bomb who's only been to four college World Series, won three Big 12 titles, and knows more baseball than I forgot in my lifetime, he may do something different. And you should probably trust him because he's better at this than me. I would pitch not Robinson, but Petty, game one on Friday. And I'm going to walk you through my logic here. Petty, game one on Friday. He is not a lengthy guy. But you do know that you are not playing a doubleheader Saturday, so you can empty the pin. I try to save Brandon Beckham. And then Saturday you can pitch whoever's left with Brandon Beckham. Go up with Mason Molina because you know Florida's not throwing their ace against Florida in, and they're throwing it in game two. You go ahead, throw Beckham in there with Molina, with anybody who's left in your pin, and give them a short lease. You can use Derek Bridges and when you have a lefty on for one out and you go give it your shot and tell Florida you have to beat, beat UConn, then you have to beat us twice within about a 52-hour span. That's how I do it. Nope, definitely understand. A lot not of people, 52 hours, 20, 30 hours. A lot of people have those thoughts, um, very similar to a lot of people who uh, – you know, especially it goes back to soccer. Honestly, it's like, do you put your your best penalty uh, shooter towards the end or towards the beginning? I honestly think you need to kind of get the ball rolling, especially in these long tournaments. Which you don't understand. I think this tournament, the tournament that starts this Friday, is not going to end until Sunday in Omaha, unless you lose. Like, well, you understand, you got to get the ball rolling. You got to stay hot. Teams that are hot are going to stay hot, and you got to get there. Teams like TC, you have a fatal flaw. Um, I got gonna, a lot. You're gonna have at least yeah, yeah. You're gonna have at least three days to reset your pitching staff. Probably four, maybe five. Petty Petty will not go more than three innings so, on Friday. So Jackson, let's just stop there. Would you replenish your staff and be like, hey, we're gonna give all these guys a bunch of rest and then throw the second best guy again? No, no. You'd recharge and throw the best. This is the regional. This is the tournament to win it all. You throw your Big best guys. Big difference. In the Super, you're playing the same team. This one, Florida is the team to beat. I am throwing Petty. I am emptying my pin, trying to save Beckel. And then you need Molina to take a game off Florida with you. And here's the thing about Petty. He is so lethal his first time through the lineup. I'm giving him three innings. You get us three innings. If you can take a scoreless through three, that is great. And then I'm going to the pin. Change after change after change. People will be running out of the pin. And then guess what? Molina on Saturday, if you can win that game. Then you have Robinson for game four or game three. You have Rodgers, who I trust as an opener. And if you have to go through the loser's bracket, you can throw Rodgers against UConn. Then throw Robinson that evening. And then you can go back to Petty on Monday to be a two-inning opener for you. Folks, I want everyone to just join the straw poll on the internet. I want you to understand, do you think it's a good idea to uh, not double down on your best asset and your offense and your hitting and not even throw your best pitcher who is not even you that great of a pitcher? Down on your what you do is you go for the worst possible option. You throw your second or third best guy and hope to God your offense can keep you through it. That's not the only reason. I would have said Robinson at first, but then I thought Petty is so good for his first time through the lineup. I want Petty going on Friday, and I want him to have a chance to pitch you two innings on Monday. 
because he's also a guy that's done short rest. He started on a Wednesday, then came back and started on a Sunday before for us. If you're trying, if you're putting all your hopes and dreams on your pitching staff to get you through this regional, you've that's what lost. you have to do. That's that's what got us to the regional final in states row last year, because our hitting was not up to snuff last year. I believe. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Is a coach should a manager that has been to four college world series in the past decade is his goal to make it to a regional final is it to not go two and q or is it to win the dang thing and go to the super regional you play to win the game you play to you win play the game to win the regional you, you put the and best people in that position to win it and i don't know why you put people second rate out there that's what i'm saying he's not second rate he can get you I'm three. talking about the pitching staff well, our pitching staff isn't good to begin with. Then um, throw your best. But you have a deep bullpen. If you go with 10 guys in the pen, maybe 11 guys in the pen, you I have like a deep 11. pen. Yeah. yeah. You have a deep pen. You have a talented pen. Now, they're not always consistent. That's why you give them a short leash. And the best thing about it, if you go short leash, you have fast and free in your bullpen. That gives you some length in your bullpen. And... Anybody who pitches Friday can come back for the potential doubleheader on Sunday. All I'm saying is you're going to have to go against some really tough Florida Gators, and I think you're going to have to out. Yeah, and them. that's why you're going to have to out hit them. You're not going to out pitch them because they got better pitchers. With than Mason you do. Molina, you can. Do you not With, think they have an SEC pitcher of the year? Yeah, yeah, they have better pitchers than us, but Mason Molina on his day can compete with these guys. All right, so we're going to move on from that one. We're going to get into. Our UConn matchup on Friday. UConn has four starting pitchers who have started at least 10 games. Andrew Sears, Stephen Quigley, Ian Cook, Jack Sullivan. Their best ERA is Stephen Quigley, 4.75. Does that scream dominant to you? It does. When you're playing in one of the hardest uh, conferences and you're also, you won 43 games, I think that says something. Yeah, as a team, they, he also has four wins on the year. Um, no complete games from either of these guys. Four point seven five ERA. That's not gonna fear. That's not gonna make this lineup afraid. They're gonna score six or seven runs against them. It's not gonna be an issue. I I know they're ranked top ten by D one baseball. UConn, I think, is frauds. You know, I think we'll definitely see it. I do say. Let's just uh, play hypotheticals really quick. Let's say Tech wins and Florida wins. I think UConn wipes the floor with A&M. Oh, yeah. Florida A&M has no chance in this race. And you know what? I Depending on how the Tech-Florida games goes, I think that second game will be really interesting. You put UConn, you put them against the wall. You put uh, win or go home kind of situation. I think they might surprise you. You know what? You, you just said that second game would be really interesting. That's why I want Mason Molino on the bump for Texas Tech against Florida. So they win one. Are they going to win the second? If you have Mason Molina out there, you can. He's throwing both? You gotta You're going to have to beat Florida three, three times, twice, twice, yeah. and possibly three games. Yeah. You need Mason Molina get, to get you one of those wins. Your lineup can get you another. Mason Molina has to be the guy. You are the underdogs in the regional. Please, for the love of God, save Mason Molina. For that Saturday against Florida. Give yourselves two two bites of the apple. But you think UConn, do you think they're the toughest test of Florida? In the entire bracket? No. 
No, okay, in this regional. In the regional, no, I think Tech's got a great shot. I also think the UConn team's going to shock you. I honestly yeah. think the Tech-UConn game is going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. And Well, Tech is favorites. Tech is favorite, yeah. UConn's the better seat. Yeah. I could honestly see, uh, I think Florida is not going to make it out of this regional with no losses. I think uh, that's I confident. I could see that, yeah. Florida's certainly the favorites to make it out. I think this could go on until Monday. Um, but the crossover region, regional, Columbia, and I got a story about this. So when I started, not my current job, but my last job, they were telling me, yeah, we have a tracking team in Columbia. I was like, oh, in Missouri or South Carolina? And they kept saying Columbia. I was like, yeah, which one? Columbia. Turns out they were in Columbia uh, in South America. But what do you think there? Because I, I honestly think that's an interesting regional. I like Texas odds if they can get to the Super. It really depends on beating Florida. No, it definitely does. Um, I think that you know South Carolina is really good. They're going to put up a fight. they got a lot of juggernauts. But this Campbell team has been in and out of the top 25 all year. They score a lot of runs. They got a lot of heart. They're the camels. They're the feel-good team for everyone. They were top 16 RPI. Them and Dallas Baptist were the two not to host. Oklahoma State was 17 and hosted above them. And then they jumped Boston College and got to Auburn to host. And apparently the selection committee head is Auburn's athletic director, which is interesting. But I like Campbell in that regional. Uh... Don't forget the three seed is NC State. They were a bubble team. In 2021, they were in the College World Series semifinals about to play a game seven against Vanderbilt. And don't forget, COVID canceled that game. Then they were the first team out last season. So, chip on their shoulder. No, definitely. Um, I do like the Campbell team, though. I think it's going to be tough to beat them twice. I honestly see South Carolina as one of those teams that might go 0-2 in barbecue. I don't know why. They're not they're, go, they're not losing Central Connecticut State. Eh, we'll see. They they may go one and two, but they're not losing that opener. Very fair. Uh, I feel like there's a few other matchups that we really like for this regional. Yeah, uh, what are the Friday games you're looking forward to? So I'm not sure if this one was on Friday, but I love this TCU Arizona game. That's gonna be fun. And they play Oh, yeah, that's on Friday, and then the winner probably gets Arkansas. Oh, yeah, it's in Fayetteville. And I just want to say this as a sidebar. I've been down to uh, the Fayetteville at a – I think it's a Fine Bomb Stadium. It's insane. They, or it's Bomb. It's Bomb something. Something Bomb is the yeah, last name it's stadium. it's definitely not Fine Bomb. Yeah, not whatever. There's a whole guy. He did a great thing. Um, but they also have the record for the highest attendance for a college baseball game down at Fayetteville. It's absolutely electric. I think this is just going to be a fun game to watch. I love the environment. I think all four of these teams, including Santa Clara, are going to put up a great uh, great audience and a great time, and I think this is the uh, regional to watch, in my opinion. Santa Clara, I believe, came through the WCC conference. We played Gonzaga, who came through there last year. Gonzaga made a bit of a run in the tournament. I think they won a couple games last year. So it's not out of the realm for these WCC teams to make a bit of a run. Um, yeah, I like that one. Also a note of relevance out in the Indiana State Regional, which, by God, I wish we were there as the three seed. With Indiana State, Iowa, who we've already beaten as the two, and North Carolina as the three lucky Tar Heels, I kind of like, I kind of like UNC's chances in that one. I do too. I was about to say, we go from what I would say is the most electric regional to, honestly, 
I couldn't even tell you Indiana State's mascot. Like this is Sycamores. This yeah, it's a great. Larry tree. Bird went there. Barry Bird. Larry Bird. Barry Berkman. Barry's a great show on HBO. It's anyway, Larry Bird, but okay. this is a this is a regional that I honestly you know I hate Iowa. I think North Carolina is going to slip out of. Honestly, I don't know much about Wright State, but they could also make a run. Um, no, neither of us know anything about Wright State. Yeah, we're not even going to pretend to. But the other one that I was really excited about uh, has two teams that I honestly think that one of these teams is going to make... Is it the Stillwater Regional? It is the Stillwater yeah. Regional. One of these two teams is going to make the Omaha Final Eight. Um, I love Dallas Baptist. I love Oklahoma State. I think both these teams are absolute juggernauts at what they do. Dallas pa- Baptist... Sorry. Dallas Baptist has proved to be a huge pain for both TCU and Tech. I don't believe they've ever beaten TCU in the Fort Worth Regional. They've beaten us in a game. They've never gotten out over us in the Lubbock Regional, but they've been in our Regional twice, and both times they made the Regional Final. They were also the other top 16 RPI team. I think that they could be... That is going to be a fun Regional in Stillwater. They play Washington first. I think they'll get through Washington... But they're going to have to throw a good pitcher, which won't be available for one of their games against Oklahoma State later in the tournament. One other thing I will note here, I'm going to take the over in all of these games in this regional. These teams love to hit. They're going to hit bombs. They're going to hit often, and they're going to steal a lot of bases. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I may take the under in that Oklahoma State-Oral Roberts matchup, which, by the way, Oral Roberts is in Oklahoma. So that's... That's a fun regional in itself, but I think Oklahoma State has a lot of pitching depth. They showed that against us. Just hopping around to some other Big 12 teams in the tournament, we have an interesting one. Miami-Florida regional. They play Maine. I don't think they'll have any issues there, Miami. But the Louisiana, the ooh-la-la, Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns, who my cousin was a trainer for, Play Texas in game one. You know, I got to say, um, I'm a big Augie Garrido fan. I think the ghost of Augie oh, Garrido is going to carry yeah. these Texas Longhorns past the ooh-la-la Raging Cajuns. Ooh-la-la. My personal opinion, I honestly don't think Texas is going to make it out of this region, but I do think they're going to win at least one game. Well, yeah. they're No, okay. <laughs> oh, you made it sound like you thought that ooh-la-la was going to pull up that upset. Yeah, they can pull the upset, then they're going to beat the four seed. Uh, but I I don't know. Ulala got a bit hot in the Sunbelt Conference tournament. The Sunbelt's not a bad baseball conference by any means. Absolutely not. It, I, it, it depends because Texas, they just swept West Virginia at home with a conference title on the line. And then they went 0-2 even losing to Kansas and Kansas State in Arlington. With a chance to host, so it did matter for them. I can't tell if Texas is cold or if it was just a bad couple games. I I honestly don't know. I honestly think that Texas is going to rebound. Um, they, they're seasoned. They're a very good team. They know how to play. They're also very deep. If Texas is good at one thing, it's recruiting. And I know well, they they're did, coming with a lot of good arms. They did force Gavin Cash out the door. Um can I go with, with mine? I know you just brought up ooh-la-la. When I was in my baseball days, I was uh, recruited by a coach. One of these cool guys who extremely passionate energy. was, uh, And they qualified for the tournament this year. They're down at Charlotte. They're down in the uh, – God, where is Clemson? South Carolina. Yeah, no, what's the city? Clemson. 
Is it just called Clemson, South Carolina? Yes. I thought there was a city. No. Uh, so down in the Clemson regional, you got Lipscomb, Charlotte, and Tennessee. I think Charlotte's going to beat Tennessee. I know they're an SEC team. Tennessee looked absolutely awful in the SEC tournament, and I like my guy. They got a lot of fire. They win a lot of games. They're from a smaller conference, and they got the fire to win it. So Tennessee, their last game was Tuesday when they lost to A&M in the SEC tournament. So they're going to have a full pitching staff, but their lineup may be out of sorts. Because they're going to go, they're going to go, what is it, 11 days, 10 days without a game? Yeah. I I mean, that regional, Clemson's going to stroll through that. They haven't lost a game in May. I believe they beat Wake Forest in the ACC tournament. I know they won the ACC tournament. They beat Miami in the final. Not quite sure who they played in the semis. I... I could see Charlotte making the regional final. I can't see them getting past Clemson. I agree. I just honestly, I think that this Clemson team is going to score a lot of runs. And if I were to pick one wild card out of all of this, I think everyone should watch the Charlotte team. They they could they could be playing on Monday. I don't think they can win on Monday, but they could be playing on Monday. I agree, hundred percent. So, also really quick, you brought it up. Not a huge fan of A&M. I know that they just won the SEC tournament. I know that they're they, hot. They, they I know lost that they're... to Vanderbilt. Oh, they lost to Vanderbilt. I thought they won that. No, they they started on Tuesday. They made it all the way to Sunday. So they had a good tournament. Very nice. Well, I do, there's no way they're getting out of Stanford's regional. I think Stanford... Stanford's not a good team. They got a one seed and they're not a good team. Say more. They're not a good team. Texas Tech isn't a very good team. OU is not a good team. They went 3-3 three and three against us. Only one of those teams is a one seed. Yeah, I, I know. They play in the Pac-12. I'm sorry. The Pac-12 is not that good this year. You know, Jackson, a lot of our friends have been I asking it, that you have a uh, Pac-12 uh, bias or a slander. Well, that you're anti-Pac-12. Can you confirm no. or deny these allegations? So, my job, my office. So, I am the regional sales manager for South Central West Texas. So, I travel South Central West Texas every second or third week for a week and my office is in boulder so when i'm not there i go up to boulder which is now big 12 country by the way i are about to be big 12 country big fan. smell it in the air oh it's coming um but back to a here's one interesting thing they're paired with the miami regional a&m and texas are both two seats should they get to the supers should they both get to the supers they have to go through a bid-to-host process. Both have great facilities. Could you imagine the decision coming down and what it's going to be like if the NCAA says either College Station or Austin is hosting a Super Regional or over the other? Could you imagine that drama? That'd be tough. I don't want to be that guy making that decision. I could see there's a lot of, uh, a lot of animosity there. That... That would be the toughest decision in history. But the last Big 12 regional to talk about, Kentucky has a one. They have won one series since April 2nd. You're convinced that they're frauds. I'm not not convinced, but from the SEC, for them they've to be a lost, one seed, they've been really bad. Okay, lately. here's why they're a one seed. They finished 8th out of 14 in the, in the SEC. They are the top-ranked SEC team in the RPI, despite that. They have won one series since the beginning of April. And they went 0-1 in the SEC tournament against Alabama. They still get to host. They, they have a country 
uh, jam con or country festival in the area. So there are no hotel rooms. They are charging over 90 bucks a night for a player to stay in an empty dorm room. I saw that. That's atrocious. That is ridiculous. They are charging over $7,000 a night to these teams for dorm rooms nobody is in. And they are playing a also cold West Virginia team. So that Lexington Regional, complete mess. Um, anyways, I think that's going to do it for this one. Any final thoughts, Caleb? No, I'm really excited. Uh, it's going to be super fun. I love when baseball starts at like 8 a.m. on Fridays, just like it did last week. There's nothing better than just back-to-back games all week. There were some days I woke up at 8 a.m., started watching baseball, and went to bed at midnight watching some random whack game. And didn't you absolutely love seeing teams like Tulane, the 19 and 42 lane, win their conference to get a berth here? So I didn't watch any of that. In oh. 2008, though, Fresno State was a four seed. They were four games over 500 before their conference tournament. In the whack, guess how far they went? How far? They won the whole thing. They were a four seed. Anything can happen, and that's why baseball is the greatest sport ever conceived by Jesus. This is going to be wild. We have 32 games on Friday, 32 games Saturday, 32 games Sunday, and then between 0 and 16 on Monday. It's going to be fun. Folks, I need you all to get ready. We're going to be tuning in live when we're in Omaha for the College World Series for a special edition there, so hang well, tight. Well, and well. It'll happen. Well, if text there, we will be. If we get through this regional, I like our chances against the winner of the Columbia Regional. But anyways, this big game against UConn, it's a big one. You start 2-0, you got a great shot. You got to get that crack at Florida. Please, for the love of God, save Mason Molina for Florida. He's your best shot. Then your lineup can get you one of two. All right, that's going to do it for this one. And wreck them. Let's go beat those Huskies. Uh, I don't know what Florida – I think Florida A&M's Rattlers, screw them, and screw the Gators.